Welcome to All About the Joy with Carmen. We'll touch base on any and all subjects, not just business, but the thread will always be the same. How to be better than we used to be, how to keep it real, and yes, doing our best to stay in a place of joy and positivity. So welcome. Well, first of all, I should probably introduce who you are as my guest, right? Because that would be cool. Um, but we've known each other for a long time, uh, long, long time. And um, your name is Andrea Nunez. And you are the CEO? Yeah, CEO of Genesis Group. Is that right? Yeah, the Genesis Group. But the Genesis, Genesis Group. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and you do executive coaching and a lot of other stuff. But we've known each other for so long. And that's kind of what I wanted to kind of touch on today is basically what employers and bosses do wrong. <laughs> and I wanted to go down the list because I know that you we have. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know how much. So we're going to be on for 17 hours today <laughs> on a four part series. <laughs> no, but I just, um, you know, today I, I had another experience with another client and it just, hit me like this will go into this topic. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, would you like to give your version of how we met? And then I'll give the actual version of how we actually met. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I feel attacked already. Um, Well, the short version is that I applied for a job. I believe it was to be a personal assistant. Yeah. What else would it have been? Personal assistant for uh, this person. And uh, Carmen, (laughs) you, uh, were already working for her. And as a, as a a non-professional bookkeeper. bookkeeper. (laughs) Not a professional bookkeeper, just a person who kept the books. Apparently. (laughs) with no skills or professional training of any kind. <clears throat> or we'll experience. explain that later. Cause that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So you were the person, I guess he was interviewing everybody. So we met at a coffee shop in Brentwood. I remember we sat outside and uh, you know, had a bit of a chit chat and you hired me or suggested that she hired me. Right. <clears throat> and that's it. Right. So, so the person that we worked for was a high end Hollywood person, I guess, is what we say. (laughs) (laughs) Married to another high-end Hollywood person, I guess. And yeah, yeah, so she had a lot of people working for her in her home, and I did the bookkeeping, and um, she needed a personal assistant. And so I interviewed people, and then we, we hired you. And then I think it was, and I hate to bring this up, but it is part of the story, But I think like two days in or three days in, you were at your computer and you were really upset about something. Yes. Sad. Sadness. Not upset and angry, but you were upset and crying. And (laughs) nothing to do with the job, P.S. What? I said nothing to do with the job. No, no, you you were just having a life moment. And that's how we kind of connected because we started talking about options and ideas and lives and who we are as people, blah, blah. And then and we've been friends ever since. And it's been just to say it's over 20 years because I can't even imagine. It's been a few years. Let's just say that. Four years. We're like three years. Yeah. No, it's been over 20 years. And um, during that time, we. It was in the 1900s. Right. We started in the night. 
Oh, stop <laughs> it. You saw that on TikTok? No, the girls do that to me. My daughters do that. Oh my God. 1900s. It's because somebody on TikTok, this young woman turned around and said, if any of you were born in the 1900s, you need to, and, and all the reaction TikToks are hilarious. Cause everyone's like, is that what we're doing? Like 19. No, they've been doing that to me for quite a while. Actually. That's from last century. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, oh my God, I hate you people. Stop it. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you have uh, tweens, right? One tween yeah, well, and one, one teenager. One, one teenager. teenager. Right. That's what we're calling them. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Okay. So, so yeah. So that's how we became friends. And throughout the years, because um, we've both had these kind of jobs and possibilities we've worked with each other with different companies and different people but we we you know it's kind of what we do we we give each other jobs if we can or give each other clients or whatever so we've had this great opportunity i will call it um to meet and have the same experience from different perspectives of these very interesting people who are bosses. And um, I wanted to ask you, what is one of the biggest mistakes you think an employer or a boss can make when either hiring someone or having a staff to tend to? Uh, Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say number one is not paying them enough, but we're going to put a pin in that. Okay. Fair, (laughs) fair. Uh, You know, that's the way of the world. You want to pay as little as possible to get the help that you want. And um, that's, I believe, a mistake. Uh, but um, one of them, there are there are many, one of them is um, to not really be clear on the job that you're hiring that person to do. As a boss, a lot of times you have some idea, oh, okay, well, I need someone to handle, you know, the finances. Uh, maybe, probably, you don't really fully understand what that entails. So you think you're hiring for something, but then a person who gets in there is like, well, but there's all these other pieces to this too that uh, are a part of my job that, you know, I was not aware of when I accepted this job. You may not, you boss, you know, still may not be aware of. And then, you know, honestly, for me, it goes back to again, and uh, P.S., you're not paying me enough to do all of this, these things. Exactly. And I'm just going to interject here and say, that's what happened with the person we were both working for when we first met. I was hired to be a bookkeeper. And then what happened was they were asking me to do things like bring back stuff to a store that they had gone shot. And I was like, that's what? (laughs) And again, it goes back to like, if you're paying me, you know, $400 an hour, honey, I will do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like basically, (laughs) but if you're paying me $15 an hour, uh, slow your roll. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. And then that's, I think, I mean, a lot of problems, not all of them, but a lot of problems can be, um, you know, come down to not paying people really what they're worth or, you know, and that's whatever, that's not the greatest way to say it, but, you know, not paying people enough, let's say, because then you're going to just get people who are like, I'm doing the job I was hired to do. 
I'm doing the minimum possible. Then I'm clocking out and I'm out of here. I'm not giving you any more. I'm not giving you loyalty. I'm not, you know, doing anything extra because why would I, you're not doing anything for me, you know? Right. And, and I think that's one of the things that whenever people hire me to come into an office and they're like, our team isn't working. I'm like, the team isn't working because you manager, owner, boss, has set people up to fail. You haven't even given people a job description. You know, calling someone a personal assistant, I think, especially for the people we work for, Mm -hmm. meant do whatever I ask of you and don't complain about it at the minimum wage or whatever it is I'm going to pay you. So this is one of my favorite things I always tell people. Do not tell a personal assistant or a team member, you know what, just make that phone call. I mean, it'll take you like five minutes. A phone call to book something for you or to get you into a meeting or to do whatever is not just going to take you five minutes. If it's going to take you five minutes, you could have saved yourself the effort and done it yourself in the moment that you're trying to explain to the assistant what it is you want them to do. Right. So stop doing that. It is one of the things I can't stand. And so when I go into an office, the first thing I do is figure out what it is you have set up for these team members to do. I mean, look at the, the the whole pay thing. Yeah, we have to put a pin in it a bit because, you know, people will take jobs and I've done this. I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this currently. We'll take jobs because we need them or because we want to change our careers or whatever. And so you'll take whatever's given to you if right. it's an opportunity. And so people need to have a paycheck especially in this day and age with COVID and all the changes that have happened, but it's really difficult for people to have any type of loyalty or to be able to fight against that. So that's kind of my next question to you. If you are someone who is in a position who is becoming resentful because they're, they're, they're being asked to do way too much. They're not being paid enough or more importantly, not being appreciated enough, not being respected enough. How, how would you suggest an employee deal with that? Or how did you deal with it in the past? Well, let's not talk about how I dealt with it because I don't think I wouldn't use myself as a model because, you know, for the most part, I sucked it up for years and was miserable. And, uh, you know, probably, I believe, made other people miserable around me, you know, at Mm. at work. Like, I think there was... um, there was a study several years ago about people who are actively disengaged at work. Um, and it was, there was something, um, some, some part of that study said, you know, those who are really actively that sort of percentage at the top who just are actively disengaged, um, are in some ways also toxic for the people around them because they're just constantly like, it sucks here, you know, and I think I was that person really towards the end. So I'm not the model here. <laughs> and, and, um, and neither am I, because I just quit. I just quit yeah. jobs. I mean, well, in the past, that's what I would have done. You know, that's why I was sort of a serial job hopper for several yeah. years. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> as I got older, I had kids, I had a mortgage. Then it was like, all right, I just got to stay put and and deal with this as long as I can. Um, but I was absolutely miserable. So I think, you know, depending on the situation, Obviously, there's a, a you want to try to the extent that you can to make it as good as you as possible in that situation, uh, because going out and trying to get another job is difficult. 
maybe not so much now. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, and that is what I tried to do. I talked to my boss. I told him I wanted a promotion. I asked for a big raise at one point, even gave me a pretty decent raise. Um, and then (laughs) at a certain point, it's just not enough, right? It's not about money at that point. Money is not enough. I mean, as much as we say, you need to pay people what they're worth. There is a certain point where if you are feeling underappreciated and just miserable, and it's not what you want to be doing, um, there is a point where it kind of doesn't matter really, or, you know, like, all right, like you said, you want to pay me, you know, 200 K. All right. I'll put up with it you know, maybe for a period of time, you know, doesn't mean I'm not going to jump ship, but my point is, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you want to try to the extent that you can to make this situation workable. And there are all kinds of different ways you can do that. You know, talking to your boss and see, you know, trying to have an adult conversation about what's going on. Um, I've seen other people who are like, okay, uh, I'm just doing the job. And the second I close the door, I'm done. And I'm doing the things that make me happy in my life. Mm-hmm. And that can work, you know, for a good period of time. But at a certain point, you do have to kind of check in with yourself and figure out, all right, what is actually going on here? Why am I unhappy? What is it about this particular situation that's making me unhappy? So that when you go out to look for a new one, you can find something that's hopefully better. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, no, the the only thing I would add um, to this that I've tried in the past, but it, it doesn't always work, but it goes in line with what you're saying is having that adult conversation with the boss um, is saying, you know what, clearly I need a different way of communication. So once we have a conversation, I will email you what you said to me, or I will write this down so I can... Because then what happens is you start having a paper trail of what they said, because this is one of the things you and I have had this experience where person A will say, you know, boss A will say, um, I told you that was supposed to be green. And you're like, uh, you said red. You said, I'm clear you said red. Yeah. And then it becomes this kind of like, because the boss is always going to be right because they have that leverage because they can fire you, you know. And so one of the things I always kind of suggest is trying to figure out a different way to make it about like, you know what, I, I'm going to write down everything we say, I'm going to email it to you. And if you could just okay it, but that way I'm clear on what you want. Like, but that only works for a moment because at the end of the day, there's a difference between, and this was my next question, a leader and a boss. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And not everyone, and I want to get your opinion on both of those things, what a leader and a boss is. And also this, I'm stealing this from Gary V and I'll put in the show notes who Gary V is for people who don't know, but you know, he made a comment once that I thought was so interesting. He said, you know what? Not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. And I want to go a little farther in that and say, you know what? Not everyone is a good manager or a boss just because you have the title does not mean that you're good at it. And I have to tell you, in my experience, I don't know about yours, 80% of the people I come across who are running things are horrible, horrible at management, horrible at communication, horrible with people. Most people in those roles are not good at it. I, I would venture to say, and that's because 
one of the reasons is that they haven't had any training. It's just, you know, you're good at what you do, this particular thing, you know, making these widgets or, you know, writing these stories or whatever it is, you're good at that thing. You're so good that now we're going to have you managing other people that do that, not as well as you, and you're not going to do that anymore. How does that serve anybody? Right. Uh, you know, and, you know, P.S., uh, we're not going to really give you any training on how to do that. You know, we're taking away that one thing that you're good at and now having you manage people, which is a very extremely difficult thing to do and a very different skill set. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, to go back to what you started with, that's the management level. And then mm-hmm. beyond that is actual leadership, actually being able to lead people, which is very different, again, from being able to manage people. Hopefully, there's some crossover, you know, the Venn diagram where you have, <laughs> you're in the middle, right? That's that's the perfect world. Um, but it's a lot more than just knowing how to, you know, get people to turn in their paperwork on time and, you know, making sure everyone's clocked in, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's the, they're very, very different skill sets. And most people uh, in all industries have Mm -hmm. absolutely number one, no, no idea what the differences are. And number two, no training in, in either of those things. Right. I think one of the things that makes somebody a great leader, and I watch this, I learned this by watching it, is someone who knows what they're not good at and delegates it. It is like the person who's up there thinking that they know everything about everything and this is my company and I have to be involved. You are always the worst leader ever. Worst. That's one of my criteria. There's, I'm terrible at like, you know, spouting off statistics and studies and all of that kind of stuff. But I did read something that was very well researched about the myth of the well rounded leader. Oh, actually, the idea, you know, what they said was most of the best leaders, they call them, you know, they're spiky. Instead of like this nice circle where it's like, I've, you know, I have empathy and I'm also very task oriented and, you know, decisive, you know, Um, instead the best leaders, as you said, have, you know, they're really, really great at one or two things. They also have the skill of recognizing the other people around them Mm -hmm. who can fill that, fill in the areas where they're weak. And they are not threatened by that. In fact, they recognize that makes them stronger and look better if they're the leader because they've assembled this, you know, this team of people around them who are also spiky, right? They're good at a couple of things. So you get all of, and then you become a well-rounded team of people. Right. I think that's really important that people don't understand is um, a boss is someone who just wants to be in charge of people. And who happens to have all the money and the leverage to give you a paycheck, but a boss, and it doesn't matter what industry I've worked in way too many of them, but a boss is to me, a very negative kind of connotation now. Like that's what I've decided. (laughs) A boss generally has no skill whatsoever. It's just, they have money and they have the ability to, you know, yell and scream at people all the time about what they want done, but they have no real ability to understand how to make a team function brilliantly. Um, And it goes with all those things you're talking about. Oh, I love what you also said about like people in the team who also have their strengths. Right. And, And you turn around as a leader and you say, you know what? 
She understands how to deal with the color yellow in such a way that I would never know. So she's in charge of all things yellow. You know, I I don't know what my whole examples are with colors today, but I'm trying to be as basic and simple as possible. Um, No, that's, I mean, that's a really uh, underrated skill set. And I think in many ways, um, what differentiates great leaders is that they recognize other people's strengths and they are not threatened by them. Oh, that's a good one. Right? Because you get those leaders who are like, well, you know, they're sharp elbowed, right? They're like, I'm going to knock this person out of the way because he's really good at, you know, the color green and I'm not good at green. So I need to get him out of the way. No, right? green. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, no, but they get really kind of jealous and they get really, um, they start using their power to push that person down. And that's the other part of it too, is that is a clear sign of a boss when you need to step on your team members in order to make yourself look better. You're doing it so wrong. For sure. You know what I mean? And that goes, we'll, we'll just bring it full circle to when I worked for this person that we both worked for when I first met you, one of the things that happened was when she started letting everyone go, I don't even remember why she decided to let everyone go. Right. Remember she had some weird situation where she was like, it wasn't because she had no money. It was like, she just decided for whatever drama reason um, that she was letting everyone go. And then she didn't want to let go of one person. She was going to keep one person on. And then she came to me and she said, you know what? I would keep you on but you're not a professional bookkeeper. So I'm going to go with whatever the other person's name was. And it was, first of all, that person had never done any bookkeeping at all or financial stuff. And then anything was just milking her for money. Like, I don't even know what was her job. I don't don't even remember. But the funny part about it all is you and I, I mean, we both laughed our asses off. Like, why would you hire someone to be a bookkeeper for the past two years? Right. Who didn't know what they were doing, you dumb idiot. It's just so fucking hilarious. (gasps) Did I just swear? That's okay. I have an explicit thing in my uh, podcast. (laughs) uh, um, So here's the last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Setting people up to fail. I mean, this is kind of going with this kind of theme of what we're talking about right now, but what would you tell people who are hiring people so that you can avoid some of these things from the beginning? And look at, let's, let's be honest and talk about how people don't have a budget. I mean, sometimes all you have is $15 an hour to hire Sheila or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so what is something you would tell people in those positions when they're about to hire someone so that they don't set up their staff? to fail and inevitably have a miserable work environment? I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. And that is, uh, you know, setting clear expectations about what the job is for yourself as the boss, you know, or leader or whatever we're calling it. And the, you know, the person that you're hiring, you can't, you know, yes, everybody has budget constraints. I just had to hire someone this week when I have budget constraints, right? But I had mm. to really, before I even talked to people, I was like, I need to understand what I'm asking them to do and what is above and beyond what I'm able to pay so that I'm not asking them to do that. Right. Because that's not good for me and that's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Right. If my if my expectation uh, going in is well, I need someone to cover this whole universe, but I'm going to pay them, you know, just to do this little chunk. 
then I'm going to be disappointed because my expectation of what they are able to do at that rate is too high. Right. So I think that's, you know, you have to be honest with yourself as someone, you know, as a, as a leader or someone hiring people about what can I really afford? You know, it's not any different than like going out to dinner, right? Can I afford Jack in the Box or can I afford the <laughs> brand new, like prefix Italian restaurant downtown that's, you know, $300 a plate? Right. Well, you know, maybe I can go somewhere in the middle, but I, I can't show up at that restaurant and be like, oh, yeah, I can't afford it. Um, I just want to be clear to our listeners um, that we do not have any advertising with whatever <laughs> oh, she just sorry. said. <laughs> Although we would be happy yeah. to sponsor Jack of Bucks. Come Stop to saying them. their name. I'm sorry. There's one right by my kid's school. So I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm, I'm like, we ain't putting out names out there until they start slapping some money over here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to that place, actually. I don't think I've ever been to one of those. Good I mean, I've seen them. I just don't think I've ever been to one of those. It's but... not awesome. Anyway, sorry. Oh. <laughs> It is awesome. It is awesome. They want to sponsor Sorry. us. Lots of options. Very lots, extensive lots of options, menus. Lots of options. Um, well, anyways, look at, I am so glad that you um, did this with me. And, you know, we're going to keep it quick and short, but maybe we'll do this again. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Love to talk about this stuff. This is what I've, I've just had a call with people about doing leadership development uh, yesterday. So, yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll talk about other stuff too. Like I want, uh, you know, this, this, this podcast is about a lot of stuff, but it's about hopefully at the end of the day, trying to find more joy in your life. Right. So, yeah. and we will keep it towards the business end, but um, yeah, let's do it again. Maybe we can uh, have you back really soon. So thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for okay, having cool. me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by all about the joy. Be better and stay beautiful folks. Have a sweet day.